Welcome on the Barricades. This is your show produced by Eastern European journalists and academics. And this is your host, Maria Czernat. And as usual, with me, the Bulgarian-born Polish journalist, Bojan Stanislavski. Thank you for being here with us. Hello, thanks for inviting me today. This is a special edition of our show. We covered the migrant crisis in Poland. And for those of you who have not followed the news, what happens there is that thousands of migrants, usually coming from the Middle East, are currently stationed at the border of Poland and Belarus. They basically stay in the woods, is an area that um, is very, how to say, not very friendly to staying there, especially during the winter. Nevertheless, thousands of people that have nothing to lose uh, ventured there and are currently stationed there. Now, the Polish reaction, the reaction of the Polish authorities was very interesting since right from the beginning, they declared state of emergency across the border and that prevents journalists and NGO volunteers from reaching the area, helping migrants reporting on the events taking place there. Very convenient for the Polish authorities. Nevertheless, there are courageous Poles that go there and try to help the migrants as there are courageous journalists as it is the case of Ruth Kurkiewicz that went there. She also came on our show and described the events that she witnessed at the Polish-Belarus border. What brings us together today is a very, a very unusual event. A Polish soldier defected to Belarus asking for asylum. The Belarus media published an interview with the Polish soldier Emil Czechko uh, where he made serious accusations against the Polish authorities and especially the way they decided to handle this crisis to manage the migrant crisis. The Polish defense minister says that this soldier, Emir Czechko, uh, had serious problems with the law and he should have never been sent at the border and as a some sort of reaction, immediate reaction, the defense minister of basically fired the superiors of this defecting soldier. This is an exceptional uh, situation. You don't see uh, usually soldiers defecting from, so to say, even though it's not very proper, but so to say from west to east, you don't see soldiers going from Poland to Belarus. The Western media made us very accustomed to the narrative where you see uh, soldiers and um, migrants coming from the east to the west. So this is a, a rather unusual event. So the first question here, Boyan, did you expect that something like this to happen? This is very unusual. No, not even in my wildest, uh, you know, sort of fantasies about how the situation uh, could unfold on the Polish-Belarusian border. Uh, or how this ongoing uh, humanitarian uh, crisis could, uh, uh, you know, could, could develop. I never, I never really thought that anything even remotely close uh, to what just uh, occurred could actually happen. And uh, this was a shock for uh, everybody, in particular for uh, the Polish. But I am sure, but it was 
a very strange and intimidating occurrence also for uh, the European establishment, so to say. Of course, the reason for this uh, feeling of, uh, of, of frustration, disappointment, uh, intimidation to some extent, uh, I'm sure stems out from uh, the fact that this is a major PR victory for the Belarusian authorities and that there is no way that this occurrence would not provoke questions in the public opinion regarding what actually happened and why has it happened. Because there are quite many factors that have to be taken into consideration here. First of all, as you said in your initial presentation, there's a Polish soldier that defected to Belarus. Now, this very fact carries so much weight. We're talking about uh, about someone who escaped or decided to run away from Poland, which belongs to the European Union, which is part of the Western, or which perceives itself uh, at least as part of the Western uh, culture, political culture, Western civilization, even if you like. And one of the most important, I would say, fundamental components ideologically of this entity that Poland uh, perceives itself to belong to is uh, that they despise Belarus or Russia or other Eastern countries. But Belarus has been, uh, you know, the uh, perhaps the most disliked uh, uh, country and disliked government uh, in the recent months, maybe a little over uh, over one year, especially since those protests in 2020 against the presidential elections that were apparently rigged by uh, Alexander Lukashenko, who remains to be a president of Belarus, and he has been the president of Belarus since 1994. And he has been a dictator. He, It seems that he's a pretty bad one at the moment. It hasn't always been like that. But anyway, that's a different story. What I'm trying, the picture I'm trying to draw here is that on the one side, in PR terms, in propaganda terms, if you like, uh, there is this world of freedom, democracy, human rights, happy people, uh, abundance, perhaps even, uh, and so on and so forth. And on the other side, which is the Eastern side, which is Lukashenko and, you know, then uh, Russia, China, and, and so and, even, and further to the east, there there be dragons like on the you know on on the old uh, medieval maps of the world. Uh, there's like uh, a border is drawn, and then it says there be dragons. So there we have you know totalitarian societies, people totally absolutely unhappy, molested and abused every day by their dictators that uh, you know they only know how to. I mean, they only know violence as a tool for. Um, exercising power, and so on and so forth. There are no freedoms, of course, no freedom of speech, no freedom of choice, no freedom of anything, probably even if you think something bad or dream uh, in the night about, uh, I don't know, something bad happening to Lukashenko or Putin, they probably go and arrest you anyway because it's not the, I, I suppose, the repression is is is, is uh, covering even that. So uh, to have a soldier to run away from the world of good to the world of evil is something absolutely extraordinary and something that is a major uh, PR 
hit. Uh, and 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 uh, I, I I wonder uh, why is no one really disputing that in the public? No one is asking that question. The media don't say anything. They just barely reported on this. Yes, but until we go there, I mean, sure. uh, there was uh, an interview with this uh, Emil Chechko. I hope I'm pronouncing his name yeah. correctly. Uh, and um, I watched the interview that was presented on the Belarus uh, TV channel. And uh, he made extraordinary accusations against the Polish authorities. Now, the first one, even though you may not think this is the most important one, but from my perspective, the most important one is that the way the Polish authorities organize the repression of migrants is based on alcohol, meaning that they take those who are going to go on a mission to repress and basically kill migrants are encouraged to drink alcohol. And you would have, you'd think that this is horrendous because when you have this type of intoxicated army forces uh, killing innocent people, I don't think it can go lower than that. It is unbelievable. The first thing. Now, the second accusation is that they are, were encouraged to literally kill migrants and that there are dead bodies carried around by wolves and other uh, animals in the forest. That is another horrendous, it's like taken from, you know, the horror movie. And the third one, I mean, the Russian televisions and the Belarus, uh, Belarusian media said this is the most important one, is that um, army soldiers are killing also Poles, volunteers that go there to help migrants. And to me, this is too much to take. I, I almost want this to be Russian propaganda. I want this to be Russian propaganda. And uh, well, in, in this, insta in this instance, that would be Belarusian. In this is instance, that would be Belarusian propaganda, I guess. What? What? In this instance, that would be Belarusian propaganda, I suppose. Belarusian uh, propaganda. So yeah. I want this to be a lie. Is there any chance that he's lying? Because I don't. The images that he describes are so horrendous, and it is so hard to 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 understand and to accept that in 2021 in Poland, the European Union state, something like this might happen. So I want this to be a lie. Is there any hope for someone like me <laughs> wanting there's, to believe this? There's a, <clears throat> there's a great chance that this person is lying, at least when they are describing uh, those particularly, uh, you know, gruesome uh, alleged um, actions of uh, the Polish army and of the Polish, uh, I don't know, police, the border guard and so on and so forth. There, there are 15,000 armed people stationed on the border on the Polish side. Uh, as for, you know, alcohol intoxication, drug abuse and all the rest of it, I can easily believe that this is happening, uh, but there is no evidence for that. So this is just my speculation here. As for the killings, now, I think that would be uh, very difficult to cover, uh, to cover up in a sense that, uh, you know, he, he claimed 
that there is one person being killed uh, every once in a while by every or, or nearly every uh, team that goes patrolling the area they are stationed in up and down. So uh, throughout those months of uh, military uh, presence on the border, we would have had piles of bodies by now. And, you know, those people would be at least, I don't know, reported missing to the police. They would be, I, I don't quite feel that it's actually possible, you know, physically, phys uh, you know, doable kind of to, you know, kill uh, people uh, by the number every day, Polish uh, and, and, and migrants, and then to just uh, get away with this. It's, it, it sounds rather strange. Uh you know, it, it sounds pretty, pretty much impossible to me. Uh, nonetheless, this is a very serious accusation. I mean, this, this person uh, ran away from the barracks or, I don't know, from the, you know, from the tents where the Polish army is stationed on the border, crossed the border to Belarus and started saying all those things that the Polish kill migrants, the Polish soldiers, you know they are they are getting uh, they are being being gotten drunk. They are being sent on a mission to protect the border. There they catch migrants and Polish volunteers, and they kill them. And then they, you know, uh, they bury them in the woods or just leave their bodies somewhere. And uh, then the wolves or whatever other wild animals are basically taking over from that point. So this is a very serious accusation. And one would think that if you have a serious government, then that government would uh, respond, would at least organize a press conference, would explain what has happened and why, and would provide evidence to counter those uh, claims. You would get, I don't know, even for PR purposes, you would get soldiers, sane soldiers, uh, those that could be trained to say whatever has to be said. They would be brought to a press conference and they would be made, they would be had, say, you know, say this or that. And, and you know, just to sort of somehow react to that. But the Polish authorities decide, decided to ignore this and to dismiss this and to allow the rep its representatives to uh, say to make all kinds of insulting statements against this soldier who defected to Belarus, and this seems to be their strategy. So uh, character assassination. So now, what we are expecting to exactly. see is some sort of character assassination. He had problems with law. He was an unreliable member of the military community. He was lying. I suspect that now they are running, you know, and trying to find some connection with the Russians. They will probably find an aunt or an uncle that went to Moscow a few years ago and then tried to make all sorts of connections. Well, they already Ooh, said that, that he had a Belarusian, he had a Belarusian member of, of, of his family as it, as if it actually proves anything. Like, you know, I told you that this ridiculous. is a strategy to find some neighbor, an ex-girlfriend, 
some connection to prove that he was somehow uh, an agent. But is there a possibility that he was uh, that he infiltrated the army and he is really an agent? I have no idea. I don't think this could be the case. Uh, judging by his appearances on the Belarusian TV, I do not feel. Uh, but again, that's my perception. I don't feel that this is a man capable of carrying out such a difficult mission. Uh, he seems to be a very uh, simple-minded person, which with rather, I would say, you know, poor cultural capital, so to say. Uh, he doesn't seem to be outspoken or uh, he, it doesn't also seem that his statements are very well thought out. Uh, in other words, he seems to be a rather simple person. I don't quite see how he could be used by any intelligence force uh, to gain, to, to, to persuade whatever goals in the Polish army. Now, I think that this accusation, which is made, which is being made by some representatives of the Polish authorities, in particular by uh, the representatives of the ruling party Law and Justice in Poland, uh, which, let re let's remind our viewers, is a right-wing Catholic fundamentalist party which has been in power since 2015. Those, uh, you know, those accusations are rather weird and also not thought, uh, thought out properly because that means that a Polish army could be infiltrated easily by uh, the, I don't know, Belarusian, Russian, whatever other intelligence services. And to the point that, you know, all those people that are sent in a situation which is described by the Polish authorities as a hybrid war, whatever it means, uh, to, to, to the point where there is a hybrid war. And during that hybrid war, those intelligence assets or whatever are defecting and you know, this just feels so, you know, to be s such a far-fetched interpretation that it's, uh, you know, very difficult to believe by anyone. The most uh, probable explanation is that the Polish army, the Polish police, the Polish border guards, and the people working in the repressive apparatus of the Polish state are not mentally stable. Most of them, and this is, of course, something that I have no uh, evidence for yes, but we, this is my personal observation yes, personal this is my claim uh, and I'm speaking from bitter experience of having to deal with pretty much all of those uh, institutions to some extent I think that what unfortunately way? What way? <laughs> well in, in a you know in a way that every citizen comes across the police sometimes and uh, you know and 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 uh, has has all kinds of uh, encounters with them, uh, but uh, I, I don't want to go into that. I <coughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, my personal observation and my personal experience is that uh, the majority of the people that work in those institutions are having some major issues with themselves. And uh, I do feel that it's very, th those institutions are very unreliable in a sense that you never know what exactly will happen and when. And I feel that this, uh, this 
event is uh, another confirmation of this. Uh, it the Polish defense minister uh, fired the people that ran the military units where this person uh, was a Polish soldier, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. They also say that they will improve the protocol for uh, for for people volunteering or wanting to join the Polish army. I don't believe that it that anything substantial is going to happen. Uh, I don't think that anyone in the Polish government is actually uh, is actually somehow inconvenient by the fact that the Polish army, the Polish police, the Polish border guard and other uniformed services are in a state that they are in. I don't think anyone has a problem with the fact that many of those people are not mentally stable. And again, I, I stress on that. It's just my observation. I don't have any data to support it. Uh, it's not, of course, I'm not the only person with so with observations of that kind in Poland, but uh, I don't think anyone really cares. Uh, they only care when this uh, translates into occurrences like mm -hmm. the one, like the Polish soldier escaping to Belarus and asking for asylum there. Uh, you know, I think that for this particular Polish soldier, it was... By the way, a choice that I would even consider rational. Now, he had to uh, live in tents with food shortages, heating shortages. We've had many reports about that, that the Polish uh, army police and the other services there are not being uh, properly taken care of. So he spent, I don't know how many weeks or months in, in such conditions. Now he's in Belarus. He is the star of their TV and other media outlets, uh, he will, I'm sure, receive good care for as long as, of course, he follows the orders. He will get, most likely, uh, an apartment, a salary, and he will continue to be uh, a star of their, whatever, propaganda um, sort of uh, schemas. So uh, this is... Uh, this is this is a major uh, blow for the Polish, but the media are doing everything in Poland yes, and yes, Europe. Yes, yes, yes. This is the, 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 the next thing of the, the next topic, because just imagine the headlines in New York Times, in The Guardian, uh, in Washington Post, Russian, Be uh, no, Belarusian soldier defecting to Poland. Now, exclusivity, interviews, you would have seen that person all over the place. Whereas in this situation where it is the other way around, you hear nothing, crickets. <laughs> in this yes, that's exactly, that, that's exactly, that's exactly the case. Uh, the media is once again, the proving before our very eyes that journalism is basically dead. And you are totally right. Had this been a Belarusian soldier defecting, escaping from Belarus to Poland and explaining how they were forced to, you know, kill uh, migrants that didn't want to cross the border, how they, I don't know, forced them to cross the border despite they wanted to stay in Belarus or something like that, how they tricked them from tra to into traveling from the Middle East to Belarus, how they are, I don't know, eating their babies for breakfast or something like that. You know, the well, wildest accusation. Documentaries, Netflix, series. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it would have been a hit. 
a major hit. Exactly, the- exactly, exactly. You're totally right. So uh, to an extent, that event also exposes the hypocrisy of the media in a sense that uh, had it been the other way around, I'm sure we would, you know, everybody would be talking about it 24-7, all the channels, all the, you know, uh, uh, papers and radio stations and so on and so forth. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, they are doing everything. And this is this seems to be an orchestrated effort. Like people just don't, I mean, people, that is journalists, uh, people controlling yeah, the media, uh, publishers, they are not uh, discussing it. And it seems like they are not discussing it on purpose. Of course, there's no way for me to prove that they actually you know, spoke to each other and took that decision collectively. But it seems to be a kind of manner that everyone accepts, uh, a, a kind of schema that everyone accepts and is uh, prone to follow. That is, no reports, or if any reports, then just very brief. And with uh, all those accusations accompanying, that is, uh, probably Belarusian agent, problems with alcohol, problems with drugs, problems with the law. You know, again, there's this question, what was this person doing in the Polish army? If now, since now we know that he was completely unreliable, he might have had mental problems, according to the Polish authorities, he might have had problems with alcohol, he might have had problems with other uh, substances like drugs and so on and so forth. Uh, he was also unreliable, allegedly, for some kind of family link with Belarus. And this family link, I don't know. I, there, there is no further information about who this person is or was in his family that is Belarusian or is of Belarusian descent and how this person is, uh, if that is the case, but that's the allegiance, uh, is linked to the Belarusian intelligence or authorities or whatever. So uh, we only, we're only getting this. And uh, I don't think that we are going to be getting any more coverage in the future unless something spectacular happens. For now, we only occasionally hear about, uh, occasionally hear from the Polish government about how he should be, I don't know, executed for desertion and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, the Polish authorities are creating a lot of you know, hype, a lot of hot air around this, uh, but only uh, uh, only in, 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 in a very carefully selected moments. Otherwise, there, there are other uh, topics which uh, the Polish public opinion is supposed to be preoccupied with. I'm not saying that they are less important, but I think that to ignore such, a sim- such an event with such a symbolic weight, uh, with so many ramifications in terms of uh, how we perceive you know, Poland and Belarus and this crisis and, and, and with all those wild accusations that were thrown by this soldier on the uh, Belarusian media that are watched by millions of people. I mean, you know, we are used to think about it as mm, propaganda tools for Lukashenko, but there are millions of people living in Belarus and there are millions of people following the Belarusian media. And those media are considered to be media of repute by many people in Belarus, in Russia, in Ukraine, probably even in Poland and other Eastern European states, particularly where the Russian-speaking diaspora is uh, of significant uh, size. So uh, that's that's the situation. I find it extremely extraordinary what happened, and I find it extremely disappointing what followed. Uh, now, I, I, I guess the question uh, for the end of the program would perhaps be, uh, if anything else will happen and if this story will have any continuation. 
I have no idea. I suspect that uh, they will do everything on the European and the Polish side to silence that topic, to make people move on. The Polish authorities are going to come up with another outrage. They actually have already done that. They took out uh, from the basket of the Polish recent parliamentary history, so to say, the waste basket of that history. They've taken out uh, a legal amendment to the uh, to the law, to the bill regulating the Polish, uh, the Polish media market, where they are trying to strike again at the at, at, at the American TV station here, a very powerful media outlet called TVN. Uh, so, you know, from the it, it's Monday when we're recording this, and from Monday 8 a.m., the entire Polish society is being totally emotionally disbalanced with other topics, not only with that one. Uh, so I suppose that uh, those topics, the new outrages that are coming, are going to prevail, and probably this uh, this thing is going to uh, disappear from the public sphere sooner or later. But what I can say for the end, if anything happens and if any new, uh, if any new uh, commentary uh, comments or or if any new uh, uh, facts about that are reported by the Russian uh, or or Belarusian media, uh, then we can, I guess, uh, take them up if they if they appear, you know, if they come across as interesting. Yes, thank you so much for your insightful um, opinions and analysis of this unusual situation. Uh, I just thought that maybe starting from now on, since we are approaching the end of a year and a very fruitful season, I would say efficient one in terms of us recording a lot of podcasts on different topics, I will take the liberty not to offer unsolicited advice, but to offer suggestions for further reading. In terms of media theory, what is very interesting is the seminal article published in 1972 by Maxwell McCombs and Donald Shaw. They showed that basically manipulation does not occur when a source lies, a newspaper, a journalist, but manipulation occurs at a much subtle level. And that is, what types of themes are we fed as public? What is deemed as important? Because as we are seeing now, uh, the geopolitical context influences a lot what is important and what is not important. Had it been Belarusian soldiers defecting, that would have been a major hit. But since it is the other way around, this is not important at all. And this is the theoretical framework to understand why this is a manipulation is this article. And of course, it was developed, but this is the basis. Um, <clears throat> of the research conducted by two by these two uh, famous media theorists that show how the agenda setting function of the media can uh, prove to be manipulative and uh, it is uh, an article that I strongly recommend. What I also recommend and I also suggest and ask, kindly ask, is for you, our viewers, to go to our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash the barricade, where you can become our supporters. 
and uh, we rely on your help to to provide us what I hope to be very uh, useful political commentary and opinions. Thanks you so much, Boyan. Thank you, the viewers, and we'll see you all in our next podcast. Thank you.